Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Tea Time with the Teacher. I am your host, JP Makani. Today, I am really excited for this episode because pretty much all it is is just tips for new teachers and teachers who just feel like they're struggling, which I know is a lot of us. Shout out to the tens of people that commented, responded to my Instagram post about strategies. And again, I think this is just a testament to the collaboration and the community that is the education world and teachers. Even as a teacher, looking back on it in my first year, I know that the number one reason why I had a good experience and was able to survive was number one because of the support system my coaches, my managers, my friends, my coworkers, all of whom, when the students left, were still always there. We're still always there to support no matter how tough that day is. And now that I'm in seeing in other schools and seeing some teachers who don't have that support system, I know that that support system is out there. And again, that is why this podcast exists. So if you're a new teacher out there or a teacher who's struggling, I hope you are able to take this podcast as just a sign and a message that your voice is heard and people are listening. Don't be afraid to reach out. Continue to build that network because that network is going to get you and support you in ways that your school or your students may not understand. You may have great students, great classes, great school culture, all that kind of stuff, but you also need a network of people who you can go to for advice, tips, and also just someone to vent to as well. So that's the preface of the episode. Again, shout out to the people that submitted tips, and as I go through these for this episode, I really do hope that you're snapping your fingers, you're agreeing or even disagreeing, but also just you're able to implement these tips and hopefully one or two, if not all of them, help you. So let's start. And I love these tips. I think that veteran teachers and even teachers going through it give the best advice, right? Those who have done it are the same ones who can get you through it if you haven't yet fully done it. And if you're entering November as we are, you just finished a a really tough October and you're just looking forward to Thanksgiving break and going back home with family and Christmas and all that stuff, you are close. And hopefully these tips can get you really, really off to a fresh start come 2022. Because believe me, you will need it when the new semester comes in around. You'll need to reset all your routines and procedures. And hopefully it's a good chance to start fresh and kind of reset everything and Make sure students envision you in a different way. I know in my first year, I had to totally do a 180 and say, hey, forget all you knew first semester because I didn't know what I was doing, but at least I know a little bit more now. So I had to reset all those things. Anyway, first, don't be afraid to connect and be vulnerable with your students. Shout out Sophie for this tip. I think this is awesome. And I think this is something that I myself didn't do until year two and year three. Because I believed that being vulnerable was a sign of weakness. Little did I know that actually being vulnerable and connecting with your students actually helps in the classroom. And it really is the only way to build transformational relationships rather than just, hey, how's it going? And only talking about them, but sharing your connections. And even saying things like, hey, I was wrong, my mistake. Right? Just being vulnerable, admitting your weaknesses, and also admitting when you're not having a good day and just being transparent. So thank you, Sophie, for that tip. Shout out to John. John said, be strategic about one to two extra things you do. Your workload is a lot. 
and everyone's giving you feedback and everyone's giving you tips and everyone's saying, oh, try this, try this, try this. You can easily get overwhelmed and not do any of them. So I love this. Just pick one to two things each semester and say, hey, I'm going to commit to having a popsicle stick system to call on students. And next semester, what I'm going to work on is our entrance procedure. And just stick to one to two things to try and do rather than getting overwhelmed with all the tens and tens of things that you're hearing from other teachers and so on. Faith says prioritize building relationships with students first, especially the tough ones. This is incredibly difficult, but I love that Faith included this because the toughest students are often the students that crave and need real relationships. The same kid who's always doing their work, who's an A-plus student, yeah, I mean, they probably do that in every class. But for the tough students, they need to believe in you. They need to trust you. They need to know that you respect them. And as hard as it is to build a relationship with a student who just cussed you out or is not doing their work and is frustrating you, believe me, if you don't build relationships, it'll end up just making your life worse. And I know that from personal experience, just from not trying to make that effort, and then those same tough students just making my class a mess um, because I didn't make that effort, suspend my pride, and just ask questions and try to build a relationship with them. So thank you, Faith. Atrielsa had a couple really good ones. She said, find a vet teacher to learn from, love that, and also find other first-year teachers to commiserate with. While Teach for America has its criticisms and it has things that I would change, ultimately Teach for America for me provided me just a network of other people in the same boat that weren't at my school, that weren't in my exact situation, but could empathize with me because they were going through difficult situations. And it allowed me just to be able to meet up with them, talk with them, hang out with them, not only talk about our, our struggles, but also say like, hey, let's all go out and let's all just prioritize ourselves and let's all do that together because we're all in the same boat. So I love that. And then she also said, remember to breathe. And I think this is so underestimated, but breathing and learning how to breathe and when to breathe and forcing yourself to breathe in certain situations is so important. It's so important to make sure you're having an equitable classroom. It's so important to make sure that you're making the best decisions possible. And ultimately, for your own health, it's the most important, right? Teaching is a super stressful job where your temperature and your mental state can get really, really intense. So knowing when to breathe and practicing breathing in those moments is going to help your classroom culture, but also just your own stress levels. From Allie, we have a couple. Shout out, Allie. Have a seating chart on day one. Yeah, seating charts on day one or really early, even if you don't know the students, is really important just to set the tone of, hey, I'm not going to let you sit with your friends. Maybe you'll be placed randomly with your friends. But I have a plan coming in. It really sets the tone and shows the kids, hey, I've thought through, I've put in the effort even before school started to make sure that like there is going to be a structure in place that you are going to follow. And then Allie also talks about work on self. She says work on self-regulation and detach yourself from triggering situations. So kind of like Atriel, the the master teachers, the teachers who are able to, to be the best for their students are ones who have mastered self-regulation. 
We talked last episode about my own struggles with self-regulation and making just reactionary decisions as well as the teacher, you know, who had that incident. I definitely think there should be PD and training at schools on how to self-regulate and detach yourself from triggering situations. Because students will do things all the time that trigger you, whether it's not doing their homework, cussing you out, being disrespectful, you know, refusing to do anything. And in those situations, it's really important, especially when you're like 22 years old, you're straight out of college, you haven't really practiced self-regulation because you haven't really needed to. And then all of a sudden you're faced in this triggering situation and you don't know how to react. So thank you, Allie, for that tip. She also said, rely on other people's resources. Honestly, I think there's this stigma of like, oh, you're copying someone's resources or, you know, you have to do it on your own to really get it. And I think that is complete BS. Master teachers and veteran teachers have wonderful resources. And the end goal is to provide the best for every student. So why not share and why not suspend your pride and say, I'm going to ask for some resources and I'm going to copy what they do because what they do works. Now, that may not always be the situation. Some you want to do on your own and be independent of that, but get rid of the stigma and also just get rid of and suspend your belief that you have to do everything on your own. If that handout is already made and it's excellent, take that handout. You just saved yourself two hours that you can now spend either refilling your cup and your mental health, or spending two hours calling parents and telling them how their students behave that week. So it's not like you're just copying it and then you're just sitting on the couch and saying, oh, well, I got so-and-so's resource and that's it. Instead, you're able to use that time for your mental health, but also to work on things that are also going to impact students. Another one is don't be afraid to call parents and have a restorative conversation with a student, even if you don't want to. There's this I remember Friday afternoons, I would tell myself, okay, Friday afternoons, I'm going to call parents. I'm going to call 10 who are really good, and then I'm going to call 10 that, you know, I hope their parents talk to them because they weren't great. And it would always come to Friday afternoon, and I would be so beat that I wouldn't do it. And then on the Monday after, the students who were really good, of course, they didn't receive any recognition. And then the students that were not good, they continued acting the way they were acting. And then I always told myself, oh, man, I should have called parents. But, oh, I didn't want to do that Friday afternoon. Until my coach, he actually documented it and he said, okay, make an Excel sheet, type it in, and hold yourself accountable. And I did that. And it helps so much, not just in students that were like misbehaving, but also calling parents for students that were really doing well, especially like Friday afternoon, because on Monday, the students would come back and say like, oh, I wanted to go to the movies with my friends. And because you called my parents and told them how great I was, I got to go. So that Friday afternoon phone call can either ruin a kid's weekend, which I guess if they're misbehaving, you can do, but also it can really make their weekend and show like, hey, I'm doing great work. And my teacher is actively encouraging it and letting my parents know. And then on the flip side, having that restorative conversation with a student, it's tough. It's tough to sit down after you've had an altercation or some sort of verbal um, back and forth with a student where you acted not great, they acted not great. And being able to say, hey, can we talk about this? It's really tough. It's really tough as an adult and a kid to have that conversation Just like for me, it is to even in my own relationship, say, hey, I made a mistake or hey, 
that just happened, can we talk about it? And I know this tip is really good because it's easy to shy away, but believe me and believe Allie who said this tip, in the long run, it does so much for your relationship with your student and also for the whole class. If the class knows that you're having restorative conversations and following up with students after an incident, that shows that you care. That shows that you're invested and you're willing to have that conversation and oftentimes admit your mistakes. Okay, a couple more we got. Observe teachers at your school and other schools. I know during your off period, the last thing you want to do is be in front of students again. You just want to work, get work done, grade papers, and just relax. Push yourself. Once a week, once every couple weeks, especially when you're new to a school, go observe that really strong teacher. If you don't have a really strong teacher at your school, ask around. Take a PD day off. I know at Yes Prep, they, you can not have to take a PTO day, but you can take a development day because it is you know helping you develop to go actually observe other schools. And doing this, speaking from personal experience, just gets you out of the bubble and it really shows you what really good teachers do what words they use, how they act, how they plan. And again, those are things that you wouldn't be able to see if you just stay in your classroom. Take your pride out of it. Go observe teachers. Go learn. Go ask questions. And then take them back and try them in front of your students. Because I guarantee you, there are teachers out there that are doing an amazing job that, that would be happy to have you in their classroom so that you can learn how they do it. And then most importantly, I think, go in with a growth mindset. When you get feedback, I know, you know, in your first year, you're getting a lot of feedback from your coaches, from your managers, all that stuff. Go in with a growth mindset, realizing that you're probably not very good right now. And that's okay. And even if you're good, you could be better. So when you get feedback, and I know this was tough for me, you're getting feedback and it's tough. It's tough for another adult to tell you, hey, this is not going well, try this. Go in with the growth mindset. Go in knowing that you can learn something. And when you implement it, first, implement it. Actually do it. And second, just remember that it's for the students. So when someone is giving you feedback and you know it's going to help your students, push yourself to say, you know what, I am going to implement this because I know the impact on the students is what's most important. And then my last two that I want to round out with comes from Carolyn. Uh, shout out Carolyn from Northwest, my former coworker. Um, Carolyn's an awesome, um, she's an advanced teacher, really, really um, excellent teacher. So I know whatever advice she's giving, definitely pay attention. So she says, make a to-do list and focus on the most important task. I love this because it shows the feasibility of doing all the things that you have to do as a teacher. Right now, if you look at your to-do list, you probably have at least 10 things on there. Focus on the top most important task. What is most urgent? Do that. And then if you have time, go to the others. But if not, you know that you can push those back. Okay. What ends up happening is you have all these tasks, you get overwhelmed, you either do a sloppy job on all of them, or you get overwhelmed and you don't do any of them. 
So thank you, Carolyn. Make a to-do list and focus on the most important task. And lastly, and I save this for the end, my former guest, Shika. Shika says, very simply, practice self-care. This is the most overused phrase in education. Because a lot of people say it without meaning it. When admins say, practice self-care, but then they work you nonstop and have you do so many things, they don't actually believe in self-care. I saw this billboard on a school the other day that really kind of made me laugh, but also sad. It said, we appreciate our teachers. Right? They said, we appreciate our teachers. So first off, if you have to say it, there's already a problem. Secondly, when you look at the systems in place, you don't appreciate your teachers. Because I can put four words, we appreciate our teachers, on our billboard. And then when people are driving by, they'll say, oh, wow, you know, teachers probably have it good over there. They, you know, they're appreciated, whatever. In that school, there is no appreciation. Because if there was teacher appreciation then there would be systems in place, there would be more coaching, there would be more support, there would be smaller class sizes, there would be admin that weren't just trying to force teachers to teach to the test, there would be mental and physical health support for the teachers, there would be behavior support for the classrooms, they wouldn't just force teachers to just read the script because they're in trouble with the district, they wouldn't give super harsh feedback without building relationships with those teachers. So it makes me chuckle, but it also makes me super sad because it's all just a front. It's just an external front that sends a message to everyone else outside of that school that like, oh, okay, they appreciate teachers. That's awesome. Go school. And I often find that if you have to say it and you have to publicize it, there's something wrong. It's like your insecurity. It's kind of how I feel, too, when people on social media will say, you know, oh, my gosh, I love this person, and they're so amazing, and all that stuff. And, you know, power to them. I'm sure in a lot of cases they do. But in some cases, I'm like, well, in in those situations, you'd probably just tell them. You just tell them, right? It's just like a private thing. If it's your girlfriend or partner or whatever, you would just tell them. But if you have to tell everyone else, I mean, I get that you want to share your affection, but also it almost seems like in some ways you're more insecure about what other people think. So to wrap up that last one, practice self-care and practice it in a way that works for you. Practice self-care in a way that's actually impactful on you. Don't go to a school and say, well, that administrator, the principal said for us to all practice self-care this weekend but then they assigned us a bunch of work to do. Practice self-care in the way that works for you and dedicate and commit to it because self-care is the only thing that is going to get you through this when everything else is going wrong. Knowing that you prioritize yourself. And I want to shout out one of my teachers right now because our last conversation, he epitomized practicing self-care. And some people think, oh, it's selfish or, oh, that means you don't want to do work or whatever. No, it's not that. And please get that stigma away from practicing self-care is selfish because it is not. And he said, 
you know what, I've had a tough couple of weeks, the students aren't great and all that stuff, but ultimately what I have found that works is going home to my roommates, talking about school, commiserating together, but then also saying, turning on a sports game, going out to a bar, doing something that we enjoy, and just hanging out. And he said, now that I've been able to kind of compartmentalize what happens at school, not taking it home with me, has made this more sustainable because I know that no matter how bad the day is, I'll be able to go home and be myself and live a normal life. That is so important for teachers, especially teachers that are starting out. You can have a life outside of school. You don't have to bring what happens at school home and let it affect your personal life and your relationships. Make a priority to practice self-care. Distance yourself from what happens to school. Don't take it personally and know that you're putting 110%, but at the end of the day, you matter the most. So prioritize yourself, be selfish, work hard, but ultimately, your mental health is most important. So I hope those tips helped. If you're a new teacher or even a teacher that's just in a tough spot, maybe this is just a refresher as you're listening to this to do and try some of those things. So as John said at the beginning, be strategic about one to two extra things you do just like this. Take these tips, try one or two of them, and push yourself to make it happen. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Tea Time with a Teacher. Our Instagram is doing really well, and that's where I engage with a lot of you. So please follow us at Tea Time with a Teacher on Instagram. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know if you have any other tips, or if you disagreed or agreed with any tips, or if you're even trying to use them these next couple weeks. We'll be back with an episode, not next week, but the week after. And then we'll round out Thanksgiving and Christmas And I hope you get this opportunity to spend time with your families and take a break from the hard work that you're doing in the classroom. I'm your host, JB McConney. Thank you for listening. And I will see you next time on Tea Time with the Teacher.